This is Route 66, One for the Road, with Rory Alskerry. Well, hello and welcome to the Route 66, One for the Road podcast. I'm your host and presenter, Rory Alskerry, and on this edition, we've got an interview with Fabrizio Grossi, the bass player, producer and songwriter from Supersonic Blues Machine, their latest album, their second. California Soul is out on the 20th of October, features tracks uh, including artists such as Billy Gibbons, Steve Lukather, Eric Gales, Robin Ford and Walter Trout, and it's a total blues rocker as well. We'll feature some music during this interview and chat to Fabrizio about the new album and how it all came together. But first, let's start with some music from the first album that came out last year featuring Billy Gibbons. Billy Gibbons on a track called Running Whiskey off the first album from Supersonic Blues Machine, which is called West of Flushing, South of Frisco, and it came out in 2016. Well, I caught up with the bass player and producer and songwriter from Supersonic Blues Machine this week, and the plan was obviously to talk about the latest album, California Soul, but I had to ask him how the whole project came together in the first place, and it turns out that Billy Gibbons has a pretty integral role in the formation of this new band. Billy Gibbons calls me uh, one night and he, he asked me, hey man, uh, I'm in town, what we're doing, you know, what are you doing tomorrow? I was, well, in the studio doing some stuff. And he's like, I have an idea for a song. We're trying to put together a commercial for ZZ Top for a whiskey brand. And um, I have this great idea that I think it could be, you know, a, a good song. And I, I, I wanted to write it with you, co-write it with you, if that's that's okay. Are you kidding me? I mean, Gibbons asking you that, of course, what are you going to say? So just say, come on over. Where do I send the car? <laughs> you know? And so he came over and uh, we ended up at the end of the day uh, having... Uh, a song or actually maybe the, the most famous songs out of our first record uh, it was called uh, Running Whiskey uh, by the end of the day when as soon as we're done with the song uh, you know his manager calls in and it's like hey man uh, I have a couple of news some good some bad well the good the, the, the bad news is like I know you guys were working on the songs because we couldn't get the clearance for you know got, uh, got to get paid because that's like a multiple like it's a rewrite rewritten version of something that was like an e yeah it's lots yeah. of different things all in exactly. one exactly and the reason why we, they could not clear that one is because you know half of the original writer were either dead or in jail so it was like <laughs> uh, it was like a weird kind of situation but Funny enough, at the end of the day, they were able to clear that song. So, so we're not going to be able to use the, the stuff that you guys are working on uh, for the commercial. However, you know, because you guys worked on it, you know, we're totally cool, cool in just, you know, waiving any rights or anything on the behalf of Billy or the labels and stuff like that. So you guys can do whatever you want with the song. And Billy looked at me and he says, like, you know, he was stroking his beer and... And he kind of like wink, you know, like, and I'm like, okay, then, you know, hangs up the phone and I'm like, dude, we need to find a home for this. For, well, that for sure. But you, so what should I do? Uh, what should we do? What should I do? And he's like, well, write nine more songs and start a band. What <laughs> 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 you with me? It's, it kind of sounds like the cart leading the horse, but it is such a great track. Of course, features on, on the first album, the first incarnation of Supersonic Blues Machine, which came out last year. And I remember at the time hearing that track and, and playing it on my radio show and thinking it was a, a really great track and a, and a real highlight from that album, which is an excellent piece oh, of thank work. You. Thanks. 
Billy Thomas is like, look, you know that I have a daily job, you know, with the band, but whenever it's possible, if you put something like this together, you know, I want to be part of it. So, you know, let's do like, a, you know, some, some of the big jams and stuff like that. And pretty much we evolved from there. Funny enough, two weeks later, uh, Warren Haynes was in town with Government Mule and we were just finishing to do a record that we did for, um, it was like a posthumous record for uh, Tommy Bolin, uh, some original tracks, uh, B, B, B versions of original tracks. Uh, and we got a bunch of people involved, kind of like recording over the original uh, tracks, kind of like to interact. So there were like, you know, Derek Trucks and uh, Osnoy, Steve Morse and Miles Kennedy and, you know, Guy News, a bunch of different guys coming out. And we were just finishing to do that in those days. And uh, I go see him at uh, the Orpheum, a famous theater here in downtown Los Angeles. And I said, what you do? You know that, you know, I was like in the studio with Billy like a couple of weeks ago. And he's like, yeah, he told me. So it's like, what's going on with that? You know, what are we doing? It was like, well, what are we doing? Well, good, because you already saved me about 25 minutes worth of introduction here. Uh, basically, I'm just trying to put this thing together and create a situation like, you know, late 60s, early 70s, when the Stones and the Who's and all those bands were going out, you know, damn, uh, as a full band, and sometimes not, to bring a bunch of people from other bands around, just go out and play, and, you know, play each other's songs or other music that they like, and to create that kind of vibe and he's just like dude that sounds fantastic come come me on and you know that was the second one you know the second recruit so <laughs> the whole thing continued from that day, you know from that point on it's amazing that it's come together like that because i kind of imagined that the three of you would have sort of formed this band and then decided that you wanted to get some other people involved and then sort of start going through your phone books and and asking people but it it, it came together in a much more organic way than that by the sound oh, yeah, of it absolutely and that's why you know it's like well see the thing is like the overall uh, the overall spirit of uh, of this is not necessarily like the traditional band per se but it's more kind of an event like let me let me give you an example i mean in the uk you guys have a, a download festival or like uh, where we played this summer rambling man festival and then there is uh, again the hell festival there is uh Oklahoma, there is bonnaroo there is coachella uh people almost buy uh, tickets a year in advance to go see these events because they don't know who's going to be the featured artist a year in advance, but they know that that's the place to go to get some real kick-ass live music. Uh, and this is exa was exactly the uh, idea behind, uh, you know, Supersonic Blues Machine. Kenny and I, uh, even though, I mean, me as a producer, him as a performer uh, or a recording uh, drummer, we kind of like, uh, we're kind of like the ultimate, uh, not the ultimate, but very consummate sidemen. And kind of like, we always have to kind of like, uh, for whether it's a production uh, for somebody else or whether it's a concert for somebody else, we always have to kind of like play within, you know, some guidelines, okay? Because, you know, you're playing for somebody. Yeah. Well, we should have something where we decide what, where the guidelines are or if there ain't going to be any. And, and that's exactly what it was. So supersonic, it's not like a, a, a situation where, oh, uh, the band is just doing, yeah, sure, of course. I mean, there's no other term to call it, uh, but it's more like of a brotherhood. It's more like of a, a circus. And that's why every show is different. Uh, every time we present different things, uh, they're, 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 you know, sometimes, you know, these guys sings and sometimes the other guy sings. And sometimes, I mean, of yeah. course, there are some, uh, I would say, staple moments uh, and... Um, 
But it's a musical community where everybody gets their share at, at joining in with it, and it's it's more of a democracy rather than a this is what we're doing because we're the band and you're going to have to fall in line with it. Absolutely, exactly. And, and the whole thing is very, it's very, very, very casual. Like, uh, you know, we, we had line in the Notodden Blues Festival last year, and uh, when uh, when Neil O'Brien, our agent, says, hey, Fab, I got an invitation from you guys because they really love the record, and if we can create, you know, if we can bring some, like, a uh, that you know over there they wanted to give us all the time and the space that we want and this is like oh, cool well i mean uh, gibbs was asking me what you know if we have anything lined up for august so that will work fine i just like, you know what let me call luke because i think that's you know i call him and funny enough she's like hey man what's going on hey remember what i was telling you we couldn't record because you were out, you couldn't record on the record because you were out with ringo and all that say so, yeah i know it's a bummer man, man next record we need to but cool well how about uh, you know you're going with me to norway for to do what you know to do the the record but we do it alive and he's like really cool so we started just to put it together we called robin and uh, and the, it's just like it's always uh, you know very um I'm, 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 I'm not saying simple because it's not and that's the reason why we didn't do as many shows as we wanted to uh because obviously the schedule of most of our friends are always super busy being themselves you know they're you know their own star uh, and you know, quite accomplished and quite busy. But uh, this year, things obviously are going to change. Next year, there's going to be more engagements, and uh, it's kind of like it's a building. Uh, it's a yeah. building community. It's, it's growing in its own mm-hmm. right as a community. I want to I want to play some music from this new album because it's so good. Uh, I was instantly hooked when I when I put the CD on. But track two particularly grabbed me straight away from this this latest one. Um, somebody's fool and it features robin ford and as i say one of the highlights for me it's got such a great groove to it on this how is it working with robin again and from your production perspective i mean i know you're playing the bass as well but from the production side of the operation what do you feel robin brought to this particularly first of all this was originally a song that uh, robin sent me uh because when we were talking about uh doing some recordings and stuff we were putting together dates uh, and funny enough, everybody ended up in being at the studio the, on the same day, him, Walter, Luke, and, you know, we're like, that was like a magical weekend. Um, I was talking to him about some stuff that, uh, that he was doing. And he said, by the way, would you be open to listen, to hear some ideas that I, that I put down, uh, that, you know, I think it could be a good idea to maybe to play with super savage, please send it in. And, uh, he sent me this idea. It was not exactly what you hear. I mean, yes, I mean, the melodies and the main riff, but uh, a, a bunch of different elements were not there. Uh, we're kind of like uh, supersonic-fied <laughs> his version. And um, so that was like actually, you know, uh, fundamental. So whatever he brought in terms of like, were like the foundation of the song. But then again, Robin is like, it, I'm so blessed to be able to play and work with such musicians. I mean, like I said, Steve Lukather is a very, very good friend of mine. It's like almost my older brother. But my one of my biggest mentor, I mean, if not my main mentor, spiritually and musically, it's Steve Vai. And these guys, they always have the, this influence on me, that they always get me to go to push the, the, the envelope a little bit more, a little bit further. Now, when it comes down to the, the performance side of it, I don't think I've ever had any master bigger than Robin Ford. Because Robin can take his knowledge of music and his vision of it, uh, beside him being the great guitar player that he is, it just goes beyond. And he's got this incredible um, gift of kind of like understanding the potential of everyone and kind of like push that person to... Uh, 
let loose in the con in the time context in which you know the, the encounter happens uh, musically. I mean, it's kind of like that was very typical of Frank Zappa. Okay, now. Robin doesn't think like in Frank Zappa music music terms, but the approach on engaging the musicians is the same. Or oh, actually, well, Miles Davis, same thing. Now, I don't want to kind of like give myself that kind of kudos, but what I'm saying is Robin played with Miles. And uh, I know that he got a lot of that, that those kind of lessons from him. We ended up in playing with Robin and he took us to a different level musicianship-wise, you know, just because on the spur of the moment. Having him in studio, besides doing, you know, the, the, the leads and the main riff and that kind of stuff, those are the, 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 the important thing that, you know, you need to record. But Robin, it's a one-take guy. I mean, he just plugged in his, uh, his 67 tally and it just started to, we kind of like a, find the sound over whatever we had uh, laying down, some references and stuff like that. And we went in and played. And uh, just the guy, dude, it's like, uh, it's just a totally different, totally different monster. Uh, if you want to know <laughs> the technicality of it, he brought his own Dumble amp. And uh, um, I, I recorded standard, you know, a bunch of like regular, you know, flat API, but flat, you know, EQ or anything, API preamps. And uh, a ribbon mic about uh, 15 inches uh, from the center of one of the speakers and a 57, an SM57 uh, diagonal on the other. And Robin likes to play really loud. Uh, but other than that, it's ju it was just like guitar, cable, and let's roll. If you've ever been somebody's fool, you'll understand my mind. If you've ever been somebody's fool, they own you side to side. Another sucker punch in. Fabrizio Grossi on the Route 66 One for the Road podcast with us this week. He is the bass player, co-songwriter and producer of uh, Supersonic Blues Machine and their latest album is uh, California Soul is excellent and it's uh, going to be coming out next month. Track three is called Love, although there are full stops in it just to be cool and it's got some great piano and harmonica on this, not to mention the guitar as well. Um, what inspired this, and is there any kind of political sentiment behind this, or is it just a love song? Well, even though the music, that the, the overall music that composes the record, it's are elements that I add in my vault for a while, meaning some of the songs are part of, uh, you know, the, the sessions of West of Flushing, and some of them were just like ideas that were laying around. They were kind of like waiting to find the common thread. The common thread was what we like what we liked to listen to, the music that we grew up on it, what really makes us tick. And basically it's the music from the late 60s and the early 70s. Uh, California is an attitude, it's not only a state, okay? There is a philosophy about it, you know, living California style and all that kind of thing. And uh, while we, you're thinking in these terms, this is like, what happened if like back in the early 70s, uh, the end of the, the, at the end of the 60s, you know, you will take a trip between LA and San Francisco, you will turn on your radio. Uh, what would you hear? Well, you definitely would have heard uh, um, Janis Joplin and, and Jimi Hendrix and, and Mountain and Almond Brothers and B.B. King and, you know, and Muddy Waters and, and Sly Stone. So 
all those things came uh, together, and that's why you have this, you know, the record that we have. Funny enough, uh, um, that happened. I mean, the summer of love and everything is almost like uh, you know, 50 years away. Not 50 years away, 40 years away. And actually, not 50 years away. I'm sorry. Uh, and unfortunately, as a society, as a society, beside the technology, we didn't change a bit. And you, and and on the humanitarian level. Uh, we didn't improve a bit because we still have the same type of issues, different names, different players, but we have that, again, around the world. I mean, we're not in Vietnam, but we are in other five different countries fighting, you know, war that we do not know what we're fighting for. You know, there yeah. is problems with racism. There is all this kind of stuff. So all the thematics and the topics that are part of this record are very uh, relevant, not only to that time, but also to today. Uh, um, also to today, uh, my um, my take on uh, the the thing with love is actually the the usual. No, I wouldn't say the usual, but John Lennon said it, the Beatles said it, and everybody said it. Love in terms of like not you know the physical act of like oh I'm loving you. No, but love in terms of like how is actually meant to be, meaning uh, the understanding, the forgiveness. The, um, the, the the coexistence spirit that kind of like put yourself in other people's shoes, shoes regardless how you know hard the situation is it's kind of like an invitation of kind of like chill <laughs> if, if you know what I'm talking about forgive him for his bitterness he's a man with a broken heart forgive them for their Personally, do you sort of deal with the um, kind of having multiple skills aspect to this project? I mean, you're in the studio playing the bass, and then the next minute you're you're kind of involved in the production of it. So, how do you kind of manage those those multiple skills? You know what? I've been living with that for the last uh, twenty five and something years, and it kind of like it become part of what I do. To be honest with you, I really kind of like don't really think that way. Uh, it's funny that you're pointing it out. I mean, I'm just thinking about it now that you're mentioning it. Uh, like, I don't know. I just kind of like, I almost like do not know how to do it any other way. So, I, and again, don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to say that, you know, it needs to be my way and it needs to be in charge. And there's not that. What I'm saying is like, when it comes down, especially to this, which is like the music that, you know, that I written or, you know, that, you know, the idea that, the, you know, came about and all that, it's, it becomes personal and it was just handled, you know, it's kind of like, just try to do, do as much as you can to make sure that, you know, that your baby walks home right at the end of the day. And that, 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 yeah. that's what it is. It's not an, um, 
it's not an impediment. I mean, sure, sometimes it would be easier if I had a, you know, like a, a full-time dedicated engineer around and not maybe only on a few occasions, you know, so if we're playing with Kenny and stuff, of course, we need to have an engineer there helping us out because I mean, cannot play, record, and, you know, do that at the same time. <laughs> You'd be running through and between the studio yeah, and the control room the whole time. You'd never get anything exactly. done. Exactly. But, you know, otherwise, it's kind of, like I said, it's an extension of me. It's like people that, you know, when you get guys like, I don't know, like Gary Moore, you know, that really pissed me off because you cannot have a guy that plays guitar that well and then can sing that well as well. You know, I'm like, dude, how the hell do you do that? So, I mean, and again, I'm not trying to compare myself to that or Geddy Lee from Rush, same thing. No, but I think I understand what you mean. You're, you, it's another instrument. The the ability to produce, the ability to write songs, the ability to play an instrument, mm-hmm. that is all part of your musical talent. It's a means to the same end to create music that you as a group and as a group of friends mm-hmm. can all enjoy and all feel the same kind of bond mm-hmm. over it. Exactly, exactly. It's just like, an ex- like yeah. you know, again, like uh, somebody that plays guitar and sings, I mean, it's... You know, I, just all of a sudden you start singing when you're playing the guitar. It's not that you're thinking about it. it, it that's pretty much the way it works for me. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's talk about another brilliant track. Now, we mentioned earlier the Reverend Billy F. Gibbons, Billy G, uh, legend of ZZ Top, of course, appears on track four on this album. We talked earlier about the great job he did on Running Whiskey on the previous mm-hmm. album. A no-brainer to have him back on this one. What's it like working with him? I mean, he's a, he's a bit of an enigma in some respects, isn't he? Oh, Billy and I have an incredible relationship. I mean, not only we're friends, but especially in the studio, um, we love to work with each other uh, because no matter what, at the end of the day, we always deliver in spite of the circumstance, time crunch, not time crunch, whatever it is, whether it's here, whether it's on the other coast, whatever. I mean, every single time that Billy and I are getting together in the studio, uh, 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 stuff happens. Okay. So, um, that's, and, 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 and there is like a very, you know, a, a lot of admirations. I mean, obviously I, I studied Bill, not that I studied Billy, but you know, I grew up with ZZ Top and everything. And he knows that, you know, I told him that I was like, just like a very, very young teenager. When I saw the big first event of ZZ Top playing the UK, in, uh, Castle Donington in 1983, they were like a co-headliner with Whitesnake and I was like 13, 14 years old there to study English during the summer. And, and you know, and I saw ZZ Top and it was just like unfathomable for me at the time to think like, okay, one day I'm going to be in the studio with this guy. But kind of like, even though now we're very good friends and we're, we, can, we have a very good uh, like understanding of what we do, I still have that kind of like reverence uh, towards him musically. And I guess he appreciates that, but he doesn't use it in terms of like uh, to turn it into a cocky attitude, but it's like, oh, okay. So, well, if you know me that well, so what do you think if we go remembering, you know, like I was doing, you know, the stuff that we were playing back in the days when we did just got paid or, you know, the chips and glasses, I had that kind of sound that was more like that. How about we do kind of like test, not testing me on my knowledge of his music, but kind of like making it like, yeah, well, back then maybe you were a fan, but at the end of the day, we still had a relationship, you know, whether it was direct or indirect. So this is kind of like almost like us talking 20 years later, you know. Uh, so it's <laughs> it's fantastic. And Billy is like, it's a monster, dude. I mean, you give him something, it just, it can make, you know, uh, you know, a fire cool. 
Uh, it, it just is Mr. Coolness. <laughs> I don't know. Whatever he does, you know, whatever he does, even sometimes it's like goofy, attract. It's just like, it's just so damn cool. So, you know, like the intro yeah. of that song, for example, that was like him and I arguing about the song Speed. Kind of like we're trying, oh, but this is too fast. No, it's just like, and I had the, 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 the notes, you know, the, 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 the recording on the iPhone running. And we're like, yeah, but, you know, it's not only the chorus. It's, you know, if we do some breaks and stuff like that, like, bum, bum, that kind of stuff. And at the end of the day, we, we listened to it back then, you know, when we were trying to determine the final count on the, on the click. And I'm like, Billy, dude, we need to start the song with this. And he was like, what? Like, yeah, listen back. And he's just like, yeah, I guess you're right. And, and, and that's what it is. So what I'm saying is like with him, you know, you're getting like, you know, in a day in the studio with him, you get at least like 10 episodes like that. Gibbons on one of the tracks on the latest um, album from Supersonic Blues Machine, uh, California Soul, and uh, Fabrizio Grossi is with us, uh, bass player, songwriter and producer with the band. And uh, of course there's loads of guests on this album as well, including Billy Gibbons and Robin Ford. Uh, Walter Trout appears on this as well and does a superb job, but I wanted to talk particularly about another sort of track that features the core band, mm-hmm. um, The Stranger. This could be Joe Walsh meets Bill Withers, as far as I can hear. Tell me a bit more about this one. Well, The Stranger, again, it goes back to the, you know, the lyrically-wise, it goes back to what I was telling you in the beginning. It's another, you know, a, a, another issue, meaning it's a, a kind of like a, 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 the, the, not the, the preconceived notions that people might have against other people. In this case, The Stranger, that sounded better than The Immigrant or than The Foreigner. And I guess the songs, you know, call it Stranger has probably more an appeal than not call it, you know, any other ways. But that's pretty much what it is, lyrically wise. And in terms of the music, you know, I, I came up with that kind of like uh, Hendrixy kind of like melodies and stuff uh, before anything else. And I kind of like really didn't know what to do with it. So it's just parked there. And, you know, all of a sudden, you know, everything else, uh, you know, came around right. And we were putting some stuff aside. And there was this talk box, and all of a sudden, you know, I was playing, you know, the the, the recording of with the melody of, uh, you know, the, the 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 theme of the stranger, and I'm finding myself with the talk box in my hand. I'm looking at Lance, and it's like, hey, and we were like, oh yeah, and you know, <laughs> <laughs> and that's pretty much what it is. Yeah. <laughs> Strangers All the freedom they take You know it's 
the final track on the album, uh, which features a guest, is, uh, well, the guest is Walter Trout, and he's been collaborating with lots of, of other people on his own album recently, Robin Ford and Eric Gales, to name but uh, two mm-hmm. of them. Um, his album, We're All In This Together, is, is excellent. He... He features very predominantly on this track, vocally and on the guitar as well, which I noticed. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, it's great to hear him playing and, and singing again after all that he's been through. How was it to have him in the studio with you? Okay, Walter, let me tell you something. Walter is one of the most um, emotional players that I know. Uh, I have a, a great um, relationship with him. We're very, very good friends. And I'm not only liking him as a musician, but as a human being. Um, we were like beyond honored to have Walter uh, coming to the studio to record with us on uh, West of Flushing and South of Frisco because that was his first uh, documented music effort after his uh, coming back to life. Uh, so we could have not have a, a major blessing than that. And having him in the studio again to work on, on this other song is just pretty much the affirmation of our relationship. That song even though, again, the, the particular chord progressions and everything was around for a while. But wasn't until we played a few other shows with Walter that we kind of like got to really understand his dynamics. Because one thing is like you're putting together things in studio, you record together or whatever it is, and that's fine. But when you play live and then you're interacting with people and you keep on stretching or you're bringing it down, you're bringing it up, and then dynamics and all that kind of stuff, you understand where people get really tit, you know? And that song is exactly what Supersonic Blues Machine sound live with Walter Trout. And that's why is that predominant in it, because when we play within, Walter kind of, I wouldn't say takes over, but it's just his personality is just so, uh, you know, so overwhelmingly, graciously uh, present. And, you know, we could have not done it in any other way. How many times will you want to abuse me? Fabrizio Grossi, thank you very much indeed for talking to me on the Route 66 One for the Road podcast. The album's superb. We'll look forward to the next one and uh, all the best with uh, with your future projects. Great to hear you on the show and uh, and I love your enthusiasm. It's uh, it's wonderful. Oh, thanks a million, Rory. Thanks for having us and uh, uh, thanks to all the fans out there. Please follow us on, on Twitter and on Facebook and just uh, just keep on requesting us because you know if you request us we can come and bring the circus around and you guys can have a, as much fun as we have uh, uh, you know participating to our concerts and just keep on listening to the music love each other respect each other that's the california soul <laughs> California Soul out October 20th here in the UK. Thank you very much indeed, Fab. Good to speak. Thank you, Rory. Bye-bye. Have a good one. And our thanks again to Fabrizio Grossi, the bass player, producer and songwriter from Supersonic Blues Machine. California Soul out October the 20th here in the United Kingdom. Hope you've enjoyed this edition of the Route 66 One for the Road podcast. Thank you very much for downloading. Don't forget to subscribe if you haven't done so already and we'll see you on the next one. Cheerio! 
Thanks for downloading the Route 66 One for the Road podcast. For more information and to listen to the fully jocked radio show, head to rockinjockin.com.